Salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. Our key verse for this morning is verse 12. Salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. The significance of this healing is it is a picture for us of salvation by faith in Jesus Christ. The healing is performed by faith in Jesus Christ. What happens to this man is a, is a sign to us. It's a, it's, a, it's a picture of, a metaphor of salvation and what Jesus Christ, faith in Christ brings, the salvation that Christ brings. And Peter makes that very clear by saying salvation, bringing it to this point. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. Um, and back in verse six, 16 of the last chapter, he said, By faith in, this na- in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has given him complete healing. So connecting the two, the healing is a symbol to us of salvation, of what salvation is and how it's received through Jesus Christ. I want to speak right now. It took me a while to, to read that whole account. Um, but I want to begin by speaking to those in this room right now who are here or who will be listening later to this or listening at home right now, to those who, who are not yet Christians, to those who are not yet Christians. And I want you to see how this scripture, along with so many others that I could have appointed us to, points us to Jesus. Uh, Chapter 4, verse 12, that salvation is found in no one else, that it is in Jesus Christ and in Jesus Christ alone where salvation is found. It's not found in you. It's not found in anything that you, you can do in order to, 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 to prepare yourself or to make yourself right with God or to get closer to God. There is what you need this morning, those of you who are not yet Christians, there is no qualification that you need to receive Jesus. Um, you only need to put your faith in him. You need God, the, the, uh, God is offering you Jesus Christ. He is offering you the Lord Jesus. He sent the G, uh, Jesus into this world as our Savior to save us from sin, and he is offering Jesus to you. And faith is not accomplishing some massive or wonderful thing. Faith is simply taking what God is giving to you, saying, yes, Lord, I need salvation, and I know it's in Jesus, and I, and I, I accept this salvation. I receive the Lord Jesus. I receive him as my Savior. There's no qualifications. There's nothing else that you need to do this very moment. Later in the Christian life, you know, you'll learn and you'll grow. But right this very minute, this very moment, this very hour, you need, there are no qualifications. There's nothing that you need to do. Some, some people teach that the way to become a Christian is, first of all, you have to quit your sin. You have to quit sinning. Quit, you have to have given up sin, and then once you've gotten all that sin away from you, you pushed it away, and you quit it, then you can turn to Jesus and say, Jesus, look, I've quit my sin, I'm serious about this, and I want to be saved now. That's not, that's, not the, that's not the teaching. You can't quit sin until you have Christ. You can only quit sin, you can only turn away from sin and begin to obey when, when you have Christ. And so that don't, don't, put your, don't put these barriers or things that you need to do in order to receive Christ today, in order to prove to Christ 
that you're serious or to qualify yourself in some way. Some people also will say things like, I'm just giving you a few random examples. I've heard people say things like, you have to be brokenhearted about your sin. You have to be weeping tears and be overwhelmed with the, ter- with the terribleness of your sin. And then when Jesus sees your broken heart and your tears and how much you hate your sin, then he will save you because you qualified yourself by, by your heart being broken. Baloney. No. No. That, that's putting it back on you. If I can get my sorrow to this level of intensity, then I can qualify myself to get saved. No, the only one qualified to save you is Jesus Christ. Look to him. Faith is looking away from yourself. I've got nothing. I don't have sorrow for, enough sorrow for sin. I don't have enough turning away from sin. I don't have enough obedience. Some, of you will, some people will also scrape together. Okay, you don't have to be perfect, but you've got to scrape together this little amount of obedience. At least you've got to start promising to go to church or you've got to start scrape together this. And if you get that together, it's, it's a small package, but it's at least it's something that you did to qualify yourself that now Jesus will take you seriously and he'll save you. No! Look away from yourself. It's nothing to do with you. It's nothing to do with your heart, and it's nothing to do with your, your, your deeds and your emotions. It's nothing to do with you at all. It is looking away from you and saying, I am hopeless. Only, him can, only he can save me. He is the only one who can save me. Salvation is only in him. It's not in me. It's not in that person over there or that person over there. It's only in Jesus, putting your eyes on Jesus, receiving Jesus. And that can happen today, this very moment. There's nothing, there's no gauntlet you have to run through in order to get there. Today, this very moment. And when I say this very moment, I mean this very moment. Look to Jesus Christ. He is the only name that can save you. The only one that can save you. Recognize him. Look to him for salvation. God the Father is offering you Jesus Christ. Receive the one God is giving you. Receive the, and what you're doing, what's happening when that takes place is you're receiving Jesus. You're receiving the, what we, we call this, the doctrinal, the theological term for this as we call it, union with Christ. You're, you're receiving union with Jesus Christ. You're becoming one with Christ. The way Paul would say it is you are then in Christ. You have, you have, you have come into Christ because Christ was offered to you and you, and you received him, and yet now he has become, um, and now you are in him, you are one with him, you're united to him. And all the benefits, make sure you get this order right, or, 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 or under, try to understand this order. What I'm saying is, all the benefits of salvation, you can read through the New Testament, and there are lots of benefits of salvation. Some people emphasize one or the other. You know, a lot of people emphasize justification, a lot of people emphasize forgiveness. But there are lots of benefits of salvation, lots of benefits, lots of, we call them the benefits, but maybe, you, maybe the better word for us would be the blessings, the blessings of salvation. It's, there's lots to salvation. There's lots of blessing that comes with salvation. But all of it is, you receive all of it when you receive Jesus. Being one with the person Jesus, by faith in him, only your faith in him, receiving the person Jesus, becoming one with him, All the benefits of salvation come with Jesus. The benefits that you receive that moment, and I I pray that for some of you it's this very hour, it's before this sermon is over, that you will receive all the benefits uh, of salvation that are for this moment at the beginning. Then there are benefits that continue to pour into your life as you live your life on this planet. 
There are other benefits that come at death. And then there are even more benefits that come at Jesus' second coming when Jesus returns. But there are lots of benefits. Last week we talked about justification and adoption, two, two of the blessings of salvation. But all of that comes from just receiving Jesus. You may not even, a lot of people get saved without even fully understanding all those blessings. They read their Bible in, in later years and realize, oh, these are blessings that I didn't know. I received Jesus. I became one with Christ by faith, but I didn't even know about these blessings. And as they pretend to read their Bible, the Bible is full of encouragement because it's like, you have all this. This is all yours. This is all yours. Few Christians, and now I want to speak to Christians for a minute, few Christians claim to be sinless. You know, I, I bet there's, I'm be, I, I don't think there's anybody probably here today who are, you, you who are Christians who would claim to have perfect obedience or claim to be sinless. But we do something else. I'm talking to Christians now, those of you who have already believed in Jesus Christ. And I want to, want to warn you about this, and I want you to think about this. Many Christians think, looking back to salvation, that they met some kinds of conditions. They, thought, they think they were more qualified than other people. <laughs> they think they qualified somehow. They, they know, oh, I wasn't perfect. I was, sin- I was a sinner, of course, and I needed Jesus' blood. But I was qualified because I did this and this, or I felt this, or I did this thing, or I did this thing. And they think they qualified themselves somehow at the beginning of the Christian life. They met some conditions in order to get Jesus to save them, that somehow they qualified. Don't think about that, about your Christianity, about your recognize. Go back and recognize it was all by grace. It was all the undeserved favor of God. It was all by Jesus Christ and his cross and his righteousness. Um, It was all by what he has done for us. You were saved because of Jesus, period. End of story. That was who saved you. He interrupted your life. He came into your life, and he uh, saved you. Um, and, and you And you looked to him, and it was not this, that, or the other thing that you brought in. Um, that qualified you to get that salvation. It was in, this was the struggle of the Reformation with, with Catholics, with the Catholic teaching at the time, teaching a lot about how you, you qualified yourself. You qualified yourself for salvation. You qualified yourself for further grace and for growth. You qualified yourself by, but if you did this or didn't, they debate about what to do. Um, uh, but but how many of us maybe, if, when you get that mindset, you, you forget about what salvation really is and you begin to think too much of yourself. You begin to think in a proud way of yourself instead of recognizing, no, me and, and that brother over there and that sister over there, we got here the same way, all completely unqualified, all saved by Jesus Christ. Now, I've come a long way since then, so I'm superior to that person now. No, you're not, because not a thing you've done since the beginning of the Christian life has qualified you or added anything to your salvation. It was all given to you 100%, the entire package on minute one at the beginning of, at the, beginning of the Christian life, and it was all by grace. It was all by grace. It was all by the, blo- the bloody work of Jesus Christ on the cross, by his obedience. All Jesus, all Jesus. You're here because of Jesus. Do you deserve to be here? Of course you don't deserve to be here. It was all by Jesus, all by his grace. Give him glory. Live as if that's the case. Get, 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 off, your, get off your high horse. Get off your high pedestal. Get, get back down in the dirt with the rest of us and with me and recognize that we are all saved by Jesus Christ. We're not. We did not do anything. 
to get into this and to get, and to get through this. Um, no contributions are needed from you. There's nothing you do or feel that qualifies you for Jesus. Christ will save you on his own. Think about it this way. Jesus does not need any help from you. Does he, he didn't need any help from you at the beginning, and he never needs any help from you to save you. He doesn't need assistance. He doesn't need you to come in and, and, and to be his right-hand man and to hold the towel for him or something or to, to, you know, to be in the corner with him and to wipe off. But no, Jesus is doing it. Jesus is doing the work. He's fighting the fight. He did the work for you. He fought the fight for you. Um, Christ needs no help from you. Now, I want to add one more subtle um, thing to this, and then, and then we'll be done. Um, let me read the verse again. Sal, it's so simple, simple idea, but I'm, I'm wanting to see how does this apply to us in our everyday life, uh, in the Christian life. Salvation is found in no one else. Salvation is found in no one else, and that includes us, of course. It includes, uh, there's nowhere else to look for salvation. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind, given to men, given to the human race, by which we must be saved. Here's the next idea. It's similar, but it's slightly different. There are no contributions needed from you to stay in your relationship with God. Do you understand that? There's no contributions that you need to add to stay. To, you, got, you got to somehow, you know, Jesus, I, I'm saved now, but now I got to hold on. You know, and here comes the storm, and, and, I'm, and, I'm, and, I, and I, if, if I can hold on to Jesus, if I can hold on to him tightly enough through the storms of life and the things that are hitting me. Some of you have been hit pretty hard the last few years. Have you lost, have you, have you realized that your, your, your fingers let go? Of course you have. Everybody has doubts. Everybody has struggles. Everybody has moments of sin, moments of weakness, moments where they're overwhelmed. But that, it, but you're not, hold, you're not, uh, qualifying yourself you're not doing things in order to stay in a relationship with God when the storm cleared God was still there you were still a child of God you were still justified you still were saved by Jesus blood nothing had changed Jesus took hold of you and he's not letting go of you Jesus is holding on to you he is the savior you do, he doesn't put things back on you and say okay I'm the savior but if you don't do this 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 and this and this I'm I'm out. I'm dropping you. I'm letting you go. I'm going to, no. That's not, that's, not, that's not the way this works. That's not the way this, this relationship, de- you know, this man, the image of this story was, was this man who couldn't walk, and then by Jesus' power, he can walk. It's, it's, it's a, it's a, and the healing here, we're not supposed to take from the healing little uh, lessons and allegory here, but just the, the, this good thing, this great healing, taking from completely broken legs to legs that worked, um, was the gift of God entirely through the name of Jesus Christ, entirely by the power of God. Entire, he did not contribute to it. He did not qualify himself in any way to receive this, which was entirely the work of God. So if you believe, here, and here's, what I, here's why this is so important. You may be saying, I don't understand why any of this is important. Um, I don't understand what, I already knew all this stuff. Fine, but listen to this. Uh, this is one thing that I, I think that, that I see and, and, and worries me. If you believe, just think about everyday life, everyday life as a Christian, if you believe that there are just, there's a certain minimum requirement, there's a certain things that you have to do, there's certain things that just have to be done 
in order to stay in your relationship with God. Your obedience, instead of being a joy, which it's supposed to be, your, your love for God, your obedience to God, which is supposed to be a joy and something that you, that you relish and something that you're like, oh, I, I love to obey God. I love to do what God wants me to do. I love to, um, I love to please God. I love to honor God with obedience. I love to, to, to express this love, how he's loved me for other people. But instead, what happens is if you think that you are, if you think you're qualifying yourself, maintaining your credentials, let's put it that way, you're maintaining your credentials through the Christian life by doing some certain things in order to keep Jesus in your life and to keep God. If you think that, then you're going to, then you're going to begin to become, the law and the commandments are going to begin to become this terrible burden on you because it's up to you. It's no longer up to Jesus. Now it's up to me. I have to do this. If I don't do this, if I don't do this, 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 and this, if I don't keep doing these things, if I mess up, if I fail in this area, then I might be losing the blessing of God, losing my relationship with God, uh, slipping into darkness, slipping away. I might, and, so, and so everything is this tension of like, uh, it's a burden on you. You, got, you think that God said, okay, I saved you, but now you got to do that. And if you don't do that, I'm out. If you don't do that, I break the relationship. That's not true. That's not the way it works. That's not the way it works. But you, but you can live that way. How many of you, I wonder, how many of us are living? I fall into this a lot, where I'm living by, oh, I got to keep this. If I'm, not, if, I'm, if I'm not getting these certain things done, um, it's up to me. It's up to me to maintain my relationship with God. It's up to me to maintain my blessing from God. It's up to me to do it. It's all, and so the, and so the law which is impossible for us to keep perfectly, which is impossible for us to even keep, the, even, the, even the laws we pick out for ourselves, it's impossible. We fail in those. We, we'll, we'll, we'll reduce it and say, like, these three things at least I got to do, and we'll fail with those three. All of them. We'll fail them all, if we're honest. I mean, some of us just aren't honest with ourselves, don't recognize our failure. But, you're, but when you're failing, and when you're failing in the Christian life, which you will be, Tomorrow, the next day, the next day, the next day, you will sin and you will fail. There will also be obedience by God's grace, but there will also be sin and there will be failure. But that doesn't mean anything's changed. Nothing's changed. If you think it's up to you, then you have that, oh, I've got to, I've got to accomplish something. It's like the guy going out to play in sporting events. I've got to win this game. If I don't win this game, what are, you know, am I going to get traded? Are the fans going to be... Uh, turn against me or the, you know, I, I, I got to win this game. And now, oh, we won that game. Whew, whew. One hour later, we got to win the next game. Let's get ready. We got to get ready for the next game. We got to win it. We got to win it. Life, all of life is like that. We got to keep winning these games or God's out. He's not out. He loves you because of Jesus Christ. He loves you so much. He sent, I, I, that's a dangerous thing to say. He loves you because that's why he sent Jesus Christ. He sent Jesus Christ because he loves you to save you. And uh, if you believe you must do something to stay in relationship with God, your obedience will become an impossible burden. The demands of the Bible will crush you. But if you know I'm safe, I'm secure, I'm loved, and this is what God has asked for me to do, then you will be able to begin to grow and begin to obey and begin to change. Um, and, and every sin, every, every uh, failure will not be a disaster. It will be simply, I need to confess this. I need to acknowledge my sin to God and continue on and continue on. And he will begin to work obedience in your life. But you will, what I've discovered in my own life is during those periods, 
I lack a sense of God's love. I lack a sense of God's grace. And if, if I've asked, why, why, do you, why do you feel God's so far away from you? Why do you feel like you're not blessed right now? Why do you feel like God doesn't love you right now? Why do you feel like you're in the darkness right now? And honestly, I would say, well, because, because of my failures, because I failed in this way, this way, and this way. Well, is that, is that how you became a child of God? Is that how you maintain, is that how you stay a child of God? Is that who, it, is it you that takes you to the end? Or is it God that guards you to the end? Is it God who guards you all the way to the end and takes you to the very end? Um, you don't have, you're not clinging on to Christ by your own strength. Christ embraces you. He is, he is one with you, and he doesn't let go. He never lets you go, and he will not let you go. Um, let me see if I need to stop. Let me see if I have anything in here, other here, thing, some choice nugget I can give you before we close out here. Um, let me read the scripture one more time so it keeps pounding into your head. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. And right, just a few verses earlier, he says, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. Are you living today? And that's what life is all about. That's, living by faith means you're living by faith in the Son of God. What, that, that it's Him, that He's the one who, ha, who has you. He's the one who has taken care of you. He's the one who um, has provided for your salvation. And, and it's all, it's all you're, you're looking to Him for, for everything. Um, it's the same way, it's the same as it was with creation, by the way. You were created without any input from you, right? You were created without any input from you at all. God made you in the womb of your mother, and it had, you had nothing to do with it. You didn't, you didn't say like, oh, I've got some, oh, God, I've got some plans here. I'm thinking blue eyes, and I'm thinking uh, a strong right arm, and I'm thinking, you know, oh, at least one, give me an IQ. Let's, at least 120. Could I have 120? And, uh, you know, you had nothing to do with it. It was all God. Guess what? Redemption is no different. Redemption is absolutely no different. Being saved is exactly the same. All God's work, all Jesus' work, all by the work of Jesus. And so live like that. I'm, I was created, just as you know you were created by God and you walk around, know you were redeemed by God if you have faith in Jesus Christ. And now look to honor him, look to please him. In your ordinary, everyday life, look to please him and honor him and love him and do what he has commanded you to do. And when you see failure, don't despair. Don't, 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 don't give up hope that, oh, I'm lost. No, you're not lost. He has you, and he's going to help you to, get, to, to grow in obedience and to continue. None of this, what I've said today, means that we're not growing in obedience. If you, if you believed these things to the depth of your heart every day and rejoiced in them and worshiped God in them, you'd be growing in obedience. You will, you're not perfection, but obedience will grow. Love. The more you understand God's love for you in Jesus Christ, what happens? Love comes back, right? He says, love, love as you were first loved by me. Love in the same way as I loved you. That's the way. That's how obedience grows in our life. That's how love grows in our life, by uh, responding to the love that we sense from God. But think about it. If you're, if you're trying to do it on your own, and you feel like you may have failed, and you feel like you, God's love may have slipped or, or receded or disappeared, 
you, ha- you no longer have the power to obey because the love is gone. You don't sense the love, and so you, and so you, you feel like you're cut off, and so you're no longer instead the law. I mean, let's, let, let's just be honest. For some of us, God's Word is a burden. It's a pain. It taxes us for some of us. I'm not saying all of us, obviously. But for some of us, it's a burden on some of us. And I don't mean that we're not supposed to do it. I mean our attitude towards it because we've forgotten we were saved by Jesus' obedience. We're thinking that we're supposed to be obeying to keep up this salvation, to keep up our credentials. And so therefore, we... um, the, the, the law becomes, God's word becomes uh, something harmful to us, something that we, 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 and even maybe deep down inside, there's even an attitude towards God that is, oh, I wish that it wasn't like this. I wish, I wish that uh, I didn't have to do these things in order to get blessed, you know. But that's not the truth. That's not the case. That's not the way it is. And let me say one last thing. This will be my, this will be my closing thing. Um, do Christians have doubts? What we could do now is, since I, since I pushed it all the way back to faith, some of, you, some of us what we'll often do is, okay, you've only left us faith, but don't forget that I really didn't leave you faith because I said that faith, was just looking, faith is just looking to Jesus and saying all from him. But some people will still say, okay, so you, say, you said it's all about faith, so, so if my faith is powerful enough, if my faith is a world shifter, a world changer, if my faith is strong enough, then I'll be qualified by my incredible faith. No! You've misunderstood faith. It's not you. Once again, faith isn't your qualification. Faith is not meritorious. Not only is faith a gift of God when you hear the, when you hear the word and the spirit works in your heart, faith is a gift of God. Not only that, but faith itself does not save you. Faith doesn't save you. Did you forget who saves you? Jesus saves you. There is no saving power in faith. There's no righteousness in faith, no saving power in faith. Faith is simply you saying yes to Jesus and accepting Jesus and his righteousness. 